Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. It's so easy to be average. You know it as well as I know it. It takes a little something to be special, Don. It takes a little something special to be a great player. We don't have enough great players. To hell with this! It's so easy to be average. You know it as well as I know it. It takes a little something to be special, Don. It takes a little something special to be a great player. We don't have enough great players. To hell with that! We don't want to coach average. I don't want to be around you. Why be around average? Be proud of our young people in the classroom, in the community, and most especially in 310 days in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Number one, the team that hits the hardest and the longest, the team that starts the fastest, and the team is too damn smart to make mistakes. If you take it to them, if you don't make mistakes, and you keep taking it to them, hell, there's no question who wins. Buckeye Podcast, by fans, for the fans, where they hate that team up north as much as you do. It's time for the OHIO Podcast. OH! IO, and welcome back to the OHIO Podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Buckeye Box. That man over there is the wild man, Chris Wilds. That man is Sergeant MVP, and you are you, and we're thankful to have you with us again tonight for an emergency podcast. Usually in the off season we uh, don't do two a week, but we are going to do two a week this week as well. One Kyle McCord decided to put his name in the transfer portal, uh, along with Julian Fleming and about ten of their buddies, and uh, we've got to talk about it. So we're going to jump right into that conversation, fellas. Let's start with this tonight. I am going to share Kyle McCord's goodbye letter first here. I'm going to read it, and then I want to dissect it because I think he lied in a couple of these statements. I, and and then I'm going to let you all know what I know from a very good source, what actually happened, and then we're going to talk about it. So let me read Kyle's goodbye letter. I'm extremely thankful for my time at Ohio State. That's the first lie. Playing in the scarlet and gray was truly an honor. I don't think he really believes that. I'm grateful for all of the lifelong relationships I've made along the way here in Columbus, especially with the fans. My teammates, my brothers, I'm appreciative for each and every one of you. That might actually be true because, as Aaron has pointed out, your brother, your teammate, Marvin Harrison Jr., has made you. 
Thank you to Coach Day, Coach Dennis, Coach Fitch, and the rest of the staff and support team. That one might be true. Buckeye Nation. Oh, here is the bold-faced lie if there ever was one. Buckeye Nation, your passion is what makes playing in Columbus special. In a generalized statement, I agree. However, in context, you're right. Dude's lying. <laughs> With that being said, I've decided to enter the transfer portal to explore other opportunities. Now listen, I have been very quiet about what I know about him. Um, because he was my starting quarterback on the team that I love the most. Here's what I know. Kyle McCord has a helicopter parent named Derek McCord. It's his father. And apparently this is what went down Sunday and why he is in the transfer portal on this Monday as we record this December 4th. Before Ryan Day went to the press conference, he had a meeting with Derek McCord, Kyle's father. Derek wanted Coach Day to guarantee him that his son Kyle would be the starter in 2024. Ryan Day would not guarantee that. Ryan Day expressed to him, I don't want your son to leave, but like every position at Ohio State, you need to compete to be the starter. He needs to improve. We might bring a transfer in, and he needs to compete, and Aaron Nolan's coming in next year, and if he wants to be the starter, he needs to improve and compete. That wasn't good enough for Derek. Derek told his son he needs to leave Ohio State. Kyle McCord, instead of having a backbone, saying, Dad, this is my life. It's my life. Sorry, that was terrible 80s Please. reference there. Uh, it's my life. Get out of it. I want to be a. I want to be the starting quarterback at Ohio State. He tucks his tail and listens to Daddy, and he is now all of a sudden his name's in the transfer portal. Fellas, I'm glad. I'm glad because this this gives me all the validation I need on what I thought about him. That he's number one. He's not a competitor. Number two. He's not a leader. And number three. This is someone that will not beat Michigan and will not get a national championship because he obviously doesn't have the characteristics to be an alpha dog like Aaron likes to talk. Gentlemen, Aaron, you want to go first? For sure I want to go first. First of all, deuces, please get out. Secondly, never mind. I'm going to leave that part out because it's family friendly. <laughs> it wasn't last night on the live. According You're to going to remember that tonight, huh? Yeah. I'm going yeah. to actually make that into a YouTube <laughs> Yeah, that was magic, by the way. Um, secondly, though, I want to give the props to Ryan Day. Yeah. Okay, give the respect to him. because That's my did, coach. Yeah, that is what we got to have. I don't care who your dad is. I don't care how much money he does or does not have or used to have or will have. You will compete here. You can stay and compete or you can hit the door. Well... We saw what kind of competitor Kyle McCord is. And Eric, 100% hit the nail on the head. The kid will never win a national title. I don't care if he goes down to Division II. He's not a gamer. He is not that guy. We've said it all year long. This just proves it. Just proves it. Um, you know, I, I feel like I've honestly shared my thoughts and feelings about McCord 
he had his flashes. He did great against Notre Dame. I'm not going to say that he's a trash football player. I'm not going to say that. I will say this, and I've said it before. Marvin Harrison made him who he is. That's just how it goes. They were high school teammates. Everybody knows this at this point. If 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 he had a different high school teammate that was a, a wide receiver, I don't think Kyle McCord's at Ohio State. That's just my true feelings. Um, but in general, on the letter, it was about as <laughs> the generic goodbye crap that you see from everybody who doesn't actually care. In my opinion, I, I don't think he meant a word of it. Chris? I think Ice Cube put it best when he said, Bye, Felicia. <laughs> because let me tell you. Prophet Ice Cube. The Prophet Ice Cube. The yes. great Prophet. <laughs> you, you know, I, I had hopes for Kyle McCord. I really did, especially after the Notre Dame game. But, you, you know, I don't think any of us were 100% sold from the start of the season. And I, I just feel like this is the right time. I think this is a good move for both parties. He was not going to succeed in Columbus. He was going to bring Ryan Day and this team down. Uh, I truly believe that we are going to see, you know, we've seen a mass exodus to the portal. We're going to see a mass exodus to the, to the NFL draft. This is the time, if there was ever an Ohio State rebuild, it's occurring right now. Yes. And I, I think it's time to go ahead. And and I do commend Ryan Day. As much as I get on Ryan Day, I do commend him for coming out and saying, you know what, that's not the way we do things in Columbus. You're going to compete if you want this job. Now, hit that reset button. Put together the team that's going to take us forward to where we need to go. I don't have a problem with this, uh, you know, but makes JR look like a very smart guy when he sat here last night and told us it was going to happen. Yeah. And JR's not with us tonight. And, and it's, it's probably good because I don't want him to get a big head of what I'm about to, about to say, but JR is incredibly intelligent, not only because, um, he has his, his um, finger on the pulse of a lot of football teams in the Big Ten with his show, he has in, in he has sources inside programs, yeah. multiple programs, and he he kind of knows things before it hits the news. Sometimes he yeah. was all over the Michigan stuff this year, like yeah. all over it. Uh, was was predicting stuff sometimes 24, 48 hours before it came out, and was landing bullseye every time. Um, it almost, it almost felt like, and I, I can't wait to get his opinion on it. It felt like he knew this before we did. So this explains Ryan Day's behavior at the press conference on Sunday. Being so not noncommittal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He already knew. <clears throat> he knew and, and, he had, had that meeting with, uh, with Kyle's father before he had the press conference. And I feel like he probably had a similar meeting with Julian Fleming. As far that as where his, his play different. time was going mean, to be, we'll get in. We'll get into Julian Fleming in a minute. Um, that one, that one's a little different. Um, there are several players on this this team that I scratched my head a little bit on why you're leaving because next year you could have competed and played. Yeah, in that, especially in that secondary. Yeah, yeah, leaving in the secondary. What, what do you guys? Five, 
five guys leaving that secondary. You know what that tells me? The younger players leapfrogged them. Yeah. Or Jim Knowles is leaving. I was going to say, I've heard rumors of a coaching change coming, but... I hope not, but... It's not Knowles. No. Um... Let's 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 get back to the quarterback situation. So where do we go from here, guys? So Kyle McCord is definitely gone. Um, that means for the bowl game, it is going to be either Devin Brown or Lincoln Keenholes. Keenholes. Um, I think Devin Brown probably gets the nod if he's healthy, simply because um, he's older. Number one, he's been in the program a year longer. And he was the one who Kyle McCord competed with for the starting position at the beginning of the year, and uh, and uh, Brown lost out. However, Chris, you and I went back and forth about Devin Brown and Kyle McCord with a lot, a lot with Buckeye Nation in general on who should be the starter. <clears throat> I remember you and I. I remember you holding my feet to the fire, Chris, and you said, Eric, you saw them in person. You have to name a starter tomorrow. Who are you going with? I told you Devin Brown is who I would Yeah. Well, today things came out that Devin Brown had won the starting job. Did you guys know this? No. No. Yeah. Devin Brown was winning. Like there were multiple coaches on this staff who actually told people Devin Brown is head and shoulders. Now, I'd heard that back in the spring. Yeah, I was gonna, yeah, same, same. And guess who stepped in and had a meeting with Ryan Day? Marvin Harrison Jr. Mark, yeah. uh, what's his nuts? His dad. Dad. Daddy stepped in and had a meeting with Ryan Day. So we got OBJ's dad part two. Bingo. So this, is, this was an issue. I think Ryan Day had had enough. <clears throat> he put his foot down and he said, this is not your program. This is my program. I'm going to run it because my job's on the line now. And maybe that's what it took for Ryan Day to wake up. I'm hoping. I, I have to ask why it had to get to that point, though. Inexperience. Trying to coach in a era where you have very fragile mental um, – confidence in these players just say they have no balls just say suck it up buttercup there's no toughness there's no listen ryan gay i just throwing that out there you know me i'm the blunt guy i'll just say it no balls it's not just an ohio state issue it's a it's a it's a generation it's a it's a it's a issue with this generation across the board college basketball the same thing so i think ryan day was trying to um i think ryan day was trying to maneuver some very choppy waters there and he went with in probably the path of least resistance because you had a chirpy dad and now it's and then you know what he gets into the the notre dame game has a moment and as a coach at this point you you're like okay he had his moment. Let's go with it. Yep. And then he had another moment at the end of the year. You know, it's amazing to think that you're 12 and one as a starter at a at a blue blood school in college football, 12 and one, and you're going to walk out and leave after being 12 and one as a starter simply because the coach tells your dad 
you need to compete next year for that job. It's not guaranteed to be yours. And you walk out and leave. That tells me everything I need to know about you as a, as a person. Sounds a lot like the character we saw out of Quinn Ewers when he uh, came in. <clears throat> he didn't want to sit around and wait a year to compete. Think, he just wanted his think, money and go. I think yeah, I think Quinn Ewers was all about was all about the Benjamins. But but again, it's a character issue. They don't want to wait. They don't want to put the time in. They don't want to compete. They just want to hand it to them. I'll tell you the thing Both about Quinn, the thing about Quinn Ewers. I found out later on is is he wanted to go to Texas the whole time. Yeah. The problem is, is in the state of Texas, they won't let you him could, Yeah. College. As a high so, schooler, you couldn't. Yeah. Right. So he came up north where they is allowed. <clears throat> and yep. that, that's that's all that is in a nutshell. He never was going to stay here ever. No. no. So so let's get back to our, our topic here. You guys agree with me. De- it's probably Devin Brown's start. In yes. The bowl, or in the uh, I, bowl if he's I think it should be his start. However, I'd love to see both quarterbacks play. Oh, I would yes. Just given given yeah. the situation, I mean, c- can we agree that as we've looked through our transfer list, as we've looked through and seen the potential for for who's going to go to the draft, that this game may be a throwaway game? We want to win, but it's a throwaway game in a sense. You're looking to see what you're going to have next what, year. What did I tell you all two weeks ago? The bowl game is the first is is a. It's a tryout for next season. It's a glorified scrimmage of what the team will look like in 2024. That's all it is. So I say we just let it happen. Give multiple guys their opportunities. Let's see what clicks. I'm going to watch the game with no expectation of winning. I just want to see what No, I want to see what happens. Yes. How do they respond? Let's look at the portal. So you have the Washington quarterback, Cam Ward, apparently – who I have heard has committed already to Ohio State, but I don't know if False. that's true. Not true. False. Not true. In fact, I've heard opposite. I've heard Ohio State offered, and he said, no, thank you. Um, Riley Leonard from Duke, uh, hot to trot with Notre Dame, apparently. But now that Ohio State's got an opening, it's a possibility. Dylan Dante Gabriel. Moore, Dante Moore from UCLA thing about him is he's going to only be a sophomore. Uh, yeah, I don't want to see Dante Moore. He's from Northeast Ohio. Played his high school ball in Detroit. Okay, that's a that's something to look into. Um, if, if you want to send I, Aaron Nolan to Georgia, though, bring in Dante Moore. If Dante Moore decides he wants to go to Michigan State, then that opens up Aiden Childs from Oregon mm-hmm. State, who supposedly – uh, is interested in Michigan State. But here's the name I actually would like to see them go after, and I know that I'm probably in the minority with this one, but he reminds me of Dwayne Haskins, <clears throat> and that's DJ Hugo. You DJ psychopath. Hugo. Why? Dylan Gabriel's who we want. Yeah, I mean, I, I would have I, to agree with Aaron on this one. I would go a, uh, a Dylan Gabriel over – DJ ukulele. Indeed. Yes. That's who we need to go after. Him or Cam Ward. I understand we talked about Cam Ward, but Dylan Gabriel is the guy. How many years How many years of eligibility? Is One year. Is? One okay, year. That's, that's actually a good thing for us, right? Yep. Yeah. The offensive coordinator at Oklahoma left for the Mississippi State job, I believe, so he entered the transfer portal. 
You think he follows on the Mississippi State, though? He may, but if he wants to win a championship, he won't. I don't know. Right. <clears throat> so we'll see. Does he fit or does he fit Ryan Day's style of quarterback? That's uh, dude. He's. I'll tell you what. He's kind of like C.J. Stroud light, but he'll run the ball. So he doesn't. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> right. <laughs> Arm talent, right. arm talent. It's hard to match with CJ. We will, was. We will keep our. Does ear. Bo Nix have any eligibility left? No, no. We will, we will <laughs> ten years in college. Or, or, or Penix, Michael Penix Jr. <laughs> we will keep our ear to the ground. When soon as we hear something, we'll, we'll discuss it. We'll talk about it. But I'm going to say something that a lot of people might surprise people. I don't know that Ryan Day should go to the portal. So you I think, think you, I think you ride and die with one of these two guys next year and Aaron Nolan. I, I like that idea, actually. Yeah, I'm not against it. Three horse race in the spring and then through summer and fall camp. Now, you might against. have to bring in like a, uh, a fifth like year we senior. did with yeah, 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 fifth year senior as as your extra as your backup, backup, backup. You know, but a leader in the in the quarterback room is what, sure. what it was—an experienced sure. leader in the quarterback yeah. room. Yeah. But um, at this point, I don't know that your uh, the options in the portal are worth bending over backwards and spending two million dollars on somebody because that's what's going to cost to get a quarterback and the risking portal. the loss of one of your prospects. Right. So very interesting, Brian Day. This is why he gets paid the big bucks. Julian Fleming. Um, Stone hands. Probably, in all honesty, maybe one of the most underwhelming five-star recruit careers I've seen. Even even more so, in my opinion, than Zach Harrison. More than Zach Harrison. At least yeah. Zach. Hey, at least Zach showed up in the last few games of his senior. He season. did. He did. This dude never did show up. I understand that uh, Julian dealt with injuries for a large portion of his um, freshman, redshirt freshman, freshman years, sophomore years. Um, He was never quite healthy. Um, But this just goes to show you, sometimes stars aren't everything. He was overrated coming in, in my opinion. He, He did not play in a system that equated to him being a five-star receiver right yeah that that was that that is true but i you know when i when i saw that i was surprised but at the same time i really wasn't because i knew he wasn't ready to go pro and i don't know that he is going to be a starter he's not going to beat out ennis he's not going to beat out tate he probably isn't even going to beat out noah rogers for the third spot (laughs) Or or, or, or Jaden Ballard or whoever you know or the slides freshman in there. coming in. Yeah. So, you know, this doesn't surprise me. I think he. I, I'd, be, I'd be shocked if he doesn't go to Penn State. And, and I, I will say this: or good luck to him. You know, good luck to him. You know what? He was a great blocker. Why didn't we throw him at yeah. left tackle? That would have made more sense because he for sure couldn't catch a pass. Not even a he couldn't even catch a mid a mid range fifteen yard out. He, 
dude was just stoned. We, we could have thrown him in the tight end room with uh, G. Scott. Is, is he related to Braylon Edwards? Oh my gosh, you're brutal tonight. Hey, I had to play Army last weekend. I'm still in that zone. Do you remember, Chris, <clears throat> when I came back from the practice and I told the story about him dropping the pass yeah. and throwing his helmet on the field and having a temper tantrum? G. And Scott said, Jr. <laughs> and I was like, guys, I don't know that he's better than Carnell Tate. Yeah. And now that the season's over, I kind of wish they would have played Tate more. Yeah. Yeah. His growth would have been amazing. It would have been worth it. Yeah. So that one, again, <clears throat> whatever. Now, Chris, all them defensive backs. Yeah. What's up with that? Do you think that they're – you know, there's been rumors of a coach leaving. Do you think maybe we're losing one of our defensive back coaches? If we are, it's Perry. I, I would hope so. Uh, you know, because I think Walt. No, just because I'm saying, if a guy who's won, I don't want to lose Walton. Exactly. True. True. Uh, you know, Cam, Cam Martinez. You, you know, I I don't think that <laughs> they gave him plenty a, of opportunity. He, he's a loss from depth. That's all he is. He was not going to be a starter. My light just fell over. Can you tell? I yeah. can see that. Uh, you know, Ryan <laughs> Turner. I think there's a guy who. Just, just really never reached his potential. Uh, you look at now; these are the ones that get me. Jair Brown. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of seeing Jair leave. I think he had potential to move into that two deep this next season. Yes, because I figure we're probably losing Denzel to the draft, most likely. Probably. Um, you know, Kai Stokes, a guy who big hitter, big hitter. I hated seeing Kai Stokes leave. Uh, you know, those, those two guys, I, I really think we'll miss more than the others. We will. Those two were two that I had my eye on. To those, play. those were two young guys who I thought had an opportunity to get playing time next year in, in Stokes and, uh, and Jair Brown. Brown. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm, they may not have, they may not have been <laughs> starters, but these are guys who would have, you know, at least competed to be in the two deep. Yeah, they would have came in like Hancock and you know Matthews yeah. did this year and contributed. I feel like they were those those are two good talents that we just lost. Agreed. That that one stings a little bit. So, well, it's it's this is there's one thing for sure. <clears throat> we're they are going to lose. I believe I read today anywhere from thirty two to thirty five players when you count seniors, juniors who will probably go pro, and guys in the transfer portal. That's 40 to 45% of your roster. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, do you know what that means? That means Ryan Day has to use the portal. He's got no other choice now because you're not bringing in that many true freshmen in recruiting class. It's too late for that. So, you have to use the portal. So, he is going to have to go to the portal. And I, I expect. I expect Ohio State and Ryan Day, I want them. I don't expect it, but I want them to be very aggressive in the portal. Go get the very best players. And if it makes people mad in the spring and you lose even more, so be it. You don't have time to be a nice guy anymore. No. No, that time's out. This is all about 
roster building and you winning and rebuilding your program. You've got a really good freshman group that will be sophomores next year. You've got a pretty doggone good incoming freshman class again. Build around those guys and bring the very best talent from the portal you can. You know, here, here's something else I was just noticing. Uh, again, there's been rumors that one of the coaches is leaving. We're also we're also losing a kicker, and a lot of these guys played on the special teams. We'd be losing what we predicted may have been the most useless coach coach of all. But if you're leaving because of that, then that's not why they're. Leaving. Well, I'm not saying that's why you're leaving necessarily, but it could have been a. Factor. <clears throat> Obviously, it's not a factor from the board. It's not a factor for Julian Fleming, I don't think. But you know, well. Eric, I wanted to talk about this a little bit too. You know, the last, I don't know, maybe it was last week or week before you brought it up. You know, we just can't ever seem to put it together. You know, we're always losing half of our star players one year, and then we're, we're stuck trying to catch up young guys to some experience, and it just never seems to line up. Or we'll have – you know, C.J. Stroud and 60 points on average per game of offense, and no but, we're allow- but we're allowing 65. You know, you know what I mean? There's always something that we just can't put together. My dad talked about it, too, and, and you brought it up, and that's what made me think about it. You know, the youth movement. He is growing a team organically so that we have it put together. We're not going to have a C.J. Stroud, Travion, and Marvin – and then the next year, they're all gone, and we're stuck trying to figure stuff out while we have a loaded defense like we did this year. You know, you're going to have Aaron Noland. Uh, Chip is going to be an elder statesman in the running back room, but you got Dallin Hayden. You got all these these young wide receivers coming in. Um, I mean, I just I, I don't think next year is going to be a national championship year. I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong. But – Usually, there's a year of growing that sort of thing. Now, 2025, I would put money on us really, really pushing some teams. Yeah, I think you're right, Aaron, which is why I think that uh, Ryan Day, I think, actually is saying, I'm okay with a youth movement next year. Yeah. And that, if, that means that, if that means that Kyle McCord is not my starting quarterback, but Aaron Nolan is, and he takes those, those bumps and bruises as a freshman, then so be it. And I think if he's up front with the the fan base, hey, this year we're going to try like heck to, to beat Michigan. We're going to try like heck to win a Big Ten title and get to the college football playoff. But we're running with my best talent, and they're mostly freshmen and sophomores. And we may go 9-3, and 10-2, but we, yeah, we might. it's going to develop. But I think the fan base would rally around that. I, would, I would actually stop you know, screaming about it. Because he's being upfront and honest. About yes. It. Yes. Yes. It's necessary. Mm-hmm. So let's see how it plays out this offseason. This is going to be, in my opinion, since we've started this podcast all the way back in 2019, the most intriguing offseason we have had yet. Just with all the storylines and all the all the decisions that Ryan Day has to make, this offseason really is going to tell us not only about which direction he is going to go, but what direction this program as a whole might be going um, moving forward. Hey, all right. Yeah. One big positive for you. You're not going to hear next man up because they're all in the portal. <laughs> well, 
you know where they're all at, Chris? <laughs> they're they're hanging out there in Taterville where they're all Taterville. at. Taterville. <laughs> they're on their way to play for Don't be a Tater hater. Um, I think let me look let me pull this up real fast. Hater uh, tots. Monk sent me a message. Uh, cause I asked what we should call Taterville. Let me see if I can find it real fast. He said we should be the Hater Tots. The Hater Tots. Your Taterville podcast name for you can be the Hater Tots. <laughs> Who are we hating on? I don't get it. Other than McCord. Mar- Martell and McCord. Well, that's... Okay. <laughs> you know Tate and McCord. Tate Martell and, and McCord are over there in Taterville throwing the football back and forth. And Bryson Shaw's trying to catch it and block it. He can't. So <laughs> they're, just to- they're just tossing it over top. I mean, he's in the yeah, Cam-, Cam Martinez is standing on the side. Hey, what about me? And it's just not well, Cam Martinez is probably sitting on his backside. He just probably. got beaten by a receiver. Probably. You guys, ruthless. Him and All Bryce right. and Shaw looking like the Keystone Cops. Marvin Harrison Jr. has been invited to the Heisman finalist presentation. <clears throat> In New York City, he is one of the four finalists. The other ones are Jaden Daniels, the quarterback from LSU, Bo Nix, the quarterback from Oregon, and my selection at the beginning of the year for Heisman, Michael Penix Jr., the quarterback from Washington. Guys, first off, congratulations to Marvin Harrison. Um, This is an incredible – I believe this is five out of the last six years. Ohio State kind of finalist. Yeah, and he's and one year we one. had a couple. Yeah, and uh, he's the only one who's not a quarterback. That's an accomplishment. Um, no one expects him to win this award. Let's be honest. Yes, yeah. he's going to be fourth in the running. If you, you know, but um, sounds like Jaden Daniels is might be the the leader in a lot of people's minds. Myself, uh, I, I think it's Penix's. That's who I would choose if I had a vote. I don't. He, he's got. He's the guy who's got the record. He's got good numbers. He's got impressive wins. Yeah. So, so you're going. You think Penix is, is actually going to win it? I think Penix Junior is going to win this thing, and it's it's sad because I think Marvin Harrison could have won this thing if we had a guy like C.J. Stroud in the pocket this year. Oh yeah, absolutely. He'd have but, ran away with it. But they would given also, what he had to deal with. You they know. would have stolen uh, votes from each other, unfortunately. <clears throat> they would have. That's but, true. But I still like, think it would have been his to lose. Just, which is why I believe uh, Penix isn't going to win because I think he and Bo Nix probably stole votes from one another on the West Coast. So, See, I don't know that he did because Nix lost to him twice. Yeah, but Jaden Daniels is from the South, and you know all of them SEC guys are going to jump all over that. We got to bring the we got to all the ESPN riders are in there, you know. Yep. yep. So that's why I'm going Daniels is going to win it. I think so, too. Which is a shame. It is. Because, because Michael Penix Jr. deserves that award, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah. He, earned it, he earned it last Saturday. He earned that thing. What's Daniels got? About four losses on the season? Something three, like that. Four, three, or, four. three or four, yeah. <clears throat> but, yeah, just coming from Indiana – and then going out to Washington and turning into what he did. And I understand yeah. that multiple seasons don't matter in Heisman voting. I understand. But just for us as Big Ten fans watching him develop. Yes. I, it's impressive, man. It is impressive. Nine and three. Yeah. LSU went nine and three. Yeah. Um, Michael Penix Jr. Um, deserves this award, in my opinion. 
I'm thankful that it hits <clears throat> Williams again. Gosh, that would have been terrible to have Archie share a, share that odd distinction with that. Well, guy. we we do have Notre Dame to probably thank for that. So that's a oh. fact. <laughs> no, Notre they finished Dame, him off. Notre Dame, and Washington, and the the list just Oregon. keeps going. But <laughs> Notre Dame, I think, will really put the nail in his coffin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that was a, that was a beautiful night for for all of college football and for the Notre Dame fans. So yeah, I think we're all in agreement here. We all wanted would wanted to be Michael Penix Jr. if it couldn't be Marvin Harrison. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I do want to say this. Last year, there was a certain um, team up north former player who wanted to make a snide comment to C.J. Stroud. Do y'all remember what Howard said to him last year about the game? I don't remember what he said, but I just remember it being a crap comment. I want to see this happen because you know he's not going to be able to keep his mouth shut with uh, with uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. I want to see Marvin Harrison Sr. walk up on stage. I want to see him Will Smith his slap him across yeah. the face. Yes. And say, keep my boy's keep name my out son's your mouth. name. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Marvin Harrison Sr., please make this happen. <laughs> with his gold jacket on. Yes, with his gold jacket. Yeah. Yes. Dude. And then look down and say, by the way, punk, you ain't got one of these. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I would love to see. I'd pay to see that. that Flash that Super Bowl ring in his face. That would put be the, fantastic. Put the Heisman ceremony on pay per view. <laughs> he slaps him, then he turns around and he poses the Heisman. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> would love that. Keep my son's name out of your darn mouth. Yes, that would be great. I would pay to see that. Um, here's hoping that he is, shows more professionalism than he did last year. No chance of that. Probably not going to happen. He's probably going to make a comment to of Marvin class. Harrison Jr. And he's probably – Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to look down at him and, like, smile and be like, yeah, okay, dude, little man. You keep Where dressing you up in the Geico uh, lizard outfit for commercials, buddy. Go ahead. It's a side yeah. gig. Yeah. Uh, fantastic. So <clears throat> we have that to look forward to this weekend. So there you go. Uh, put your comments. Uh, put your uh, comments in the comment section below on who you think is going to win the Heisman Trophy this Saturday. Um, I say Jaden Daniels. Aaron said Jaden Daniels. Chris, you said. I still think it's Michael Penix. I hope you're right, buddy. Me I hope too. You're right. Awesome. All right, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, I'm going to have a special interview uh, with Chris from the Boiler Express podcast. We're going to be talking about recruiting, and we're going to be talking about the transfer portal and how it's changed our two programs. So hang tight, everybody. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. 
Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. The OHIO podcast is brought to you by Mastermind. Mastermind specializes in 360-degree high-definition mobile video mapping, GIS integration, and traffic safety studies. Mastermind cares about traffic safety and keeping you safe on the roadway. Visit Mastermind at OnlineMastermind.com. That's a wrap. Guys who, when they're a junior, are lights out, but when you see them as a freshman, they look like putty. Mm-hmm. That's just kind of my thing about it. No, I, the, uh, the Mylon Graham kid... He's six one one seventy, but he's just got wheels on him, and he's got really good hands. And I think he really fits in that Ryan Day system. Um, he kind of reminds me of another Indiana kid <coughs> big at Ohio State and Terry McLaren. Yes. Yep. Yeah, I could totally see that. Um, and he's just, he is, once he gets the ball, he runs like a gazelle. He's just so long strided that he just covers so much ground in a short amount of time. Um, but no, I think that's a really, really good pickup. The other kid, Ian Moore, the, uh, yeah, he's, he's actually, in my opinion right now, the gym of this class, mm-hmm. he's, I think he probably starts at offensive line for us in mm-hmm. a year. Yeah. Probably not this first year, but yeah. he's our best offensive lineman in this class in my yeah. opinion. And which is crazy. If you look at his offer list, like it's not bad by any means. I mean, you've got Penn state, you've got Michigan state, Miami. Um, but like you don't see the Alabamas or the the guys like that. So it that was a that was a really interesting snag just because he kind of seemed very under the radar until he wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. So almost catching them before like as yeah. after their sophomore year. That's yeah, that's what I've noticed Purdue has had good luck in too. Well, up until the all the portal shenanigans. Um is kind of finding those guys as freshmen and sophomores and really establishing that connection, getting them to commit as a junior. And then they just skyrocket after that. All right. Let's, let's flip over to your team because (laughs) this is where my listeners are going to be say, what? Okay. Mm -hmm. Two of your best five players are from the state of Ohio Mm -hmm. in your class. And Coy Beasley is a, a top 100. Yeah. Like, a top 150 four star yeah um just an absolute stud cincinnati LaSalle, which is a powerhouse program in this state like how in the world ohio state like it was never even i mean we offered yeah i don't think he ever even visited it was like his only visits were wisconsin pittsburgh syracuse and purdue there you go so i don't I mean, I think this is a, I think this was a swing and miss by Ohio State. They just didn't give him, and now it's really interesting yeah. because now all of a sudden we had all these uh, cornerback, uh, defensive backs leaving the portal. We could yeah. use, we could have used them. Yeah, yeah, and and, and that's the crazy thing man. too is where like you're like, oh, we're good at right guard or interior offensive lineman, and then at a drop of a hat, they're all gone, and you're like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I really like um, Galloway. 
he okay. kind of he gives me a lot of Tate. Yeah, so you're talking about the tight end Tavian yeah. Galloway. So I, I actually I actually know a lot about him. Yeah. So he started out in a town called Circleville, okay, okay. which is a, a little farm community in southern Ohio between between Columbus and Portsmouth or okay. you know Eastern Kentucky. So yeah, and um. Circleville is a, like I said, it's a farming community, but it's a tough, really good yeah. division two, three type of level football program. Yeah. Um, he got a lot of attention right away because of his size. Ohio State was yeah. after him. Um, I know LSU at one time he was mm -hmm. committed. To he was LSU. committed to LSU. Yeah. And he transfers to Pickerington, which is a powerhouse program in Columbus. Mm -hmm. Okay. So very very familiar with that program he had a very good senior year um this is a kid who again i a couple years ago was saying why aren't we doing anything with this kid i think <coughs> the story i got was he never really wanted to be a buckeye so um he came to ohio state he visited unofficially yeah. several times really yeah even this past year he was there I think he's one of those kids who loves to be courted. I the, yes. The story was when he met Walters, that was it. That was his guy. He mm -hmm. Walters made a connection with him yeah. that he had with nobody else. And let's yep. be honest, how can you have a connection with Brian Kelly? Mm. Him on. and his <laughs> fake southern accent. So So that that's the one thing that I always have found interesting with Walters. Is that because he is so young, he's only 37, which makes me always question what I'm doing with my life. Um, but like at 37, he's able to connect with these 18 year olds and 20 year olds better than guys who are 55 or 60. And that's where I think he he's shown that in the recruiting aspect. So good win for you guys. A couple Ohio kids that quite frankly, as Buckeye fans, and, and here's the thing that we, Ryan Day, does a bad job of. Jim Tressel would have never let those kids out of the state of Ohio. Yeah. He was big, like, homegrown talent. He yes. fought tooth and nail to get. Urban had a different philosophy. Urban was, I'm national, baby. I'll yeah. go wherever I want, and I'll win. And Ryan Day came up under that kind of thinking. Yeah. And I think Ryan Day is learning that he's not Urban Meyer. No. And it is seems it? like to me, and this is on the outside looking in, it seems like he can't decide which avenue he wants to take. If he wants to fully buy into that Urban Meyer national thing, or if he wants to keep fighting for homegrown talent. He will tell you he wants to marry the two. I don't know you can. That's yeah, the problem. Because there's you just have to, if you go national, you have to invest so many resources to go into mm -hmm. cali washington texas florida, florida like georgia. yeah georgia you know where and it's not like ohio produces bad football talent no. in fact we are still in the top five in division one high school producing mm. uh, athletes um we slipped to six one time, seventh one year, and then we jumped back up to fourth. And so it averages out to about fifth. Yeah. Um, you still have Florida, Georgia, California, Texas seem yeah. to be always in the top four. Yeah. And then, and, and but then, I, I think some of that's just population. I mean. Well, in weather. 
Yeah. Also, yeah. Those kids get to play uh, high school seven on seven. Yeah. We don't have it in Ohio. You don't no. get to. No. Um, so it's a little bit. But I think there. if you created a, uh, like an indoor seven on seven circuit through a state up in the Midwest, you'd probably make crazy amounts of money doing it. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, there's there's guys who do it. I'm sure of it. Oh, That's, yeah. Uh, too good of an idea not to. There's right. one more Ohio kid on here I want to touch base with mm -hmm. you on. Um, so if you scroll way down, you'll see he's uh, an athlete. Let me see if mm -hmm. I can find him again. I lost him. Oh, yeah. Da, 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 da. Tramar Harris. Tramar Harris from Winton Woods High yeah. School, Cincinnati. Um, so here's what I'm going to say about him. Mm -hmm. This is a three-star athlete. Mm -hmm. This is the kid that never gets the opportunity to play at Ohio State, regardless yeah. of who the coach is, right? Yeah. And I can't tell you how many times when D'Antonio was the coach up there in Michigan State, yeah. he made his living on these kids from Ohio. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He would be like, oh, you're a three-star from Ohio, and Ohio State and Michigan didn't offer you? Let me be your Come big on, buddy. coach. Yeah. And he would get 10 of them every yeah. year. And, and just nuke it. Every time they'd come into Ohio, we're like, we hate you guys. You didn't offer us. And they'd have these amazing games, right? Right. Plus, it, yeah. plus they already hated Michigan. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like perfect for him. Yeah. I If I was – if the if a Mich if a program in the Big Ten that is connected to Ohio – Mm -hmm. ever a coach ever asked me hey how do i compete i would say there's your blueprint you go into ohio and you get every top kid that wasn't offered by michigan or ohio state or notre dame and you mm -hmm. build your program on those three-star kids and you try to get the very best you can from your state and yeah. sprinkle in some speed from florida and georgia and california yeah. and texas yeah and you will win in this in this conference guaranteed yeah. yep especially like i said before as long as you've got the development tools yep. to be able to develop these kids um i think that's the biggest thing i think that's almost taken for granted at some schools in the big 10 be it the top end schools or the bottom you know i think the top end schools don't take it for granted because they know how important it is but they don't remember what it's like without it you know what I'm saying? And the bottom tier schools, like maybe you're, I don't know, Illinois, I guess. Nebraska or Northwestern, not so much, but like some not of them. anymore. No. Yeah. Uh, we'll just say, I don't know, Maryland or something. Um, Perfect. Uh, those bottom end schools that don't have that development and that talent where like, and I'll be completely honest, a lot of Maryland's success has come from uh, Tua 2.0. I think had he not transferred there, I don't think they'd have made as big of a splash because you know this as well as I do. If you get a big star recruit, a lot of other recruits are going to be like, oh, he's going there? Maybe I should go there too. Mm -hmm. You know, so I think, but I think Purdue's shown a propensity to be able to develop talent in a in a really good way. Nick Scorton and Kydron Jenkins are, are two examples, I think, of that, that just continue to to get better year in and year out. So, no, I think that that's a, an, how do I say it? An unsung hero of the uh, development of recruits. That's cool, man. So I tell you what, let's do this again sometime. For sure. Uh, we'll call it, we'll, we'll start our border wars again with the other podcasts. <laughs> yeah. We did it on our own a couple of years yeah. ago. I think it'd be cool to dive into 
individual states and just look oh, yeah. at how things are going for the 2025 recruiting class. Oh yeah, after, for sure. Af- after the 2024 kids sign, dust and settles done, and yeah. yeah, then we can we can jump into the next year and take yeah. a look at that. But this yeah, has been for a lot sure. of fun, Chris. Yeah, same. Tell, tell everybody where they can uh, catch the Boiler Express podcast. So the Boiler Express podcast is on all of your Apple Podcasts, Spotify, under uh, Boiler Express podcast. Um, we do our live show here in about 15 minutes on uh, uh, X and YouTube and Facebook. On X, we are the, I always have to remember because I don't want to say it wrong, uh, Boiler underscore Express, and then it's just Boiler Express podcast for YouTube and Facebook. All right, Chris, thanks so All right, much. Man. Look forward to joining you on your show again soon. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Likewise. Till the next time, go Bucks, right? Uh, boiler up. Take <laughs> <laughs> Take care. See you, buddy. It's very greasy. Oh, yeah. Slimy. (laughs) So NIL to me is a very flawed system. Yeah. It's it's unrealistic. Mm -hmm. And and what I mean by that is the whole concept behind it, I think, is correct. It's legally correct. Right. But the use of it right now is illegally correct. Yes. Because this went from kids getting a penny on the dollar for a video game to $800,000 contracts for a point guard to go to Miami. Like Mm -hmm. that is not, you know, and I remember it was Jay Billis. I think Jay Billis was one of the big proponents. I think Herb Street too was like looking at like Jersey sales at Ohio state. It was when Braxton Miller was there and they were like, Oh, here's a generic number two Jersey that everybody knows is Braxton Miller's number. I think he was two, whatever. And one, one number one, and then he was number five. Five. I knew it was something like that. It's been a long day. Um, <laughs> so they see a five jersey, and they're like, they know it's Braxton Miller's number, and they're going to charge $80 for it, and the kid doesn't get anything out of it. When they're making some, some of these college football programs are making dang near a billion dollars or something like that. You know what I mean? So, like, I understood that aspect of it. But now that it's just strictly a pay for play, it's you can start to see the separation of like the big top tier programs that we we're talking about recruiting and kind of everybody else. Yeah, it makes sense. And, you know, I do believe the NCAA, at least the new president, is starting to try to address some of those things mm-hmm. and try to get some guardrails in place, which are de- you know desperately needed, because right now, coupled with the. NIL coupled with the transfer portal, it's bidding wars is what we've got on. It's like, oh yeah, it's a it's a terrible reality show. <laughs> it's, it's yeah, what, it's what it is. <laughs> I, you know, I think the transfer portal for me, Chris, is a is a can be a really good thing, but it also can be a really bad thing. And let me yeah. explain what I mean. So you brought up some really good instances where you talked about a young athlete who, um could use the portal because of, you know, health or mm-hmm. family issues or even playing time to a degree, you know? Right. Um, but on the same token, <clears throat> I feel like, and maybe this is a, just a generational thing. I don't know your age, Chris. I'm pretty sure you're younger than me. I'm in my early forties now, but I'm 35. Okay. So not yeah. no, seven, so seven, close. Years, seven yeah. years. Okay. I remember growing up <clears throat> and it was so important one of the things that was taught through sports, mm-hmm. okay? Sports was the avenue that some of these lessons were were taught to us as youngsters. Yeah. Commitment. Yeah. If you start on a team, Your word. 
Yep. Yeah. You start. You play for this team. You were going to play to the end of the <clears> year. You weren't allowed to quit. You you yep. showed a commitment to your teammates, to the yeah. program, to your school, yeah. whatever, right? To your coach, etc. I feel like the transfer portal is very much <coughs> a reflection of some of the behavior and attitude of this generation yeah. that's coming up when it comes to commitment. They have yeah. zero. Zero. Yeah. If they don't get their way, if they don't make the big bucks right from the jump, they're going to go somewhere else. Or in this case, get the playing time right from the jump, they're going to go somewhere else. Which, I mean, as one of the smaller school, not smaller schools, but lower level schools compared to the Ohio States, that's awesome for us because a lot of the times those kids that go to like the Ohio States, when they transfer out, a lot of the times they try and go to like a Purdue or something. So they stay in that big power five division one conference, but they're not trying to compete with 110 other five stars. <laughs> right. <clears throat> the one thing that about that though, and maybe you can answer this question for me. The one thing that I always worry about is kind of the locker room when that happens. So yeah, let's, let's, let's take player a, who was a high four star who goes to Ohio state um, decides after, after his sophomore year, he's going to hit the transfer portal because they just got another high four star. He was a freshman who did better than him in practice and leapfrogged him in the depth chart. Yeah. So he hits the portal and now he's like, I'm going to go down to Purdue and I'm just going to be a stud. Yeah. How does that affect the, the locker room and some of the other players? Is there a domino effect that happens now he comes in and now he bumps someone else into the portal. I think that I don't know because I know a lot of guys within like the Purdue realm. It's such a, and I'm sure it is with Ohio state too, but it's such a tight knit community that when like somebody comes in, they're like, okay, he's here to make us better. Like, you know, so, but I think that's hard to tell unless you're actually inside those locker rooms. Um, I do know, like, so I'm friends with Jackson Anthrop and when his freshman or sophomore year, uh, when Brom first came in, he was the big slot receiver guy. He played crazy against Louisville that opening game of the season was a stud that whole year. Next year, Rondale Moore comes in and kind of takes that spotlight. So I think, but I also think at the same time, a lot of these kids have been around sports long enough, they know that it just takes one guy and they're going to get dinged down to the second second string or or a backup somewhere. So I don't know if it's surprising at all, but maybe coming in, you know, a guy who wasn't committed to a team two years ago who now comes in and takes some of that limelight, I could see how it'd be problematic, but they might just they might just deal with it. They know that's the way kind of college sports is right now. I don't know. Yeah. You know, it was interesting. Ryan Day talked in his press conference this past weekend how that the attitude of the coaching staff when it comes to the portal has changed. Mm -hmm. So they were very much of we need to be very selective of who we bring in because we don't want to disrupt, you know, the locker room, right? You don't want to bring in an Odell Beckham Jr. and have him turn a <laughs> cancer of a locker room. Right. So so there was that talk, and now it was it, Ryan Day flat out came out and admitted this weekend the attitude towards the transfer portal has to change now because when you lose 12 guys, if you think about it, so we lost 12 basically underclassmen yeah. to the portal. You couple that with the 21 seniors who are going, 
and with the handful of juniors who will go early to the NFL, yeah, it's estimated that Ohio State is going to have to replace <clears throat> forty-five to fifty percent of its <clears throat> roster yeah. in one year now. Yeah. So the attitude towards the transfer portal has got to change. Yeah, and especially and, at a program like yours, where you know one loss is a bad season. Yeah, well, it's depending a, it's on a, who this loss is to. Yeah, but. there you go. You got it, right? <laughs> no, I do find it interesting, and I know we'll touch on NIL a little bit, but I just saw it on my TV over here and wanted to bring it up. that The NCAA is proposing a rule change to let schools and athletes enter NIL deals. So the schools directly would pay NIL deals uh, to their athletes in ways that are not tied to educational resources. Yeah, and I think it's also, I think they want to cap it. Yeah. And then that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah so, there it is. Yeah, and, skimming through this quickly. And I think the purpose behind that is to try to make more of a level playing field yeah. amongst the top power fives. Right, yeah. The group of, They understand the group <clears throat> of fives don't have those resources. It's not right. going to happen. Yeah. <clears throat> but I think what they're trying to do is they're going to, they're trying to say, okay, we understand if at this rate you've got about 20 schools that are that have boosters mm -hmm. who are willing to pay so much money yeah. that it's it's getting ridiculous and out of hand. Yeah. And if we can find a way to rein that in and cap that and make it more fair yeah. for for everybody, then it's it, NIL is going to achieve what it was supposed to do yeah. in the beginning, which was allow players to benefit financially yeah. from their name. Now, do you likeness. think that they cap it at like a dollar amount or do you think I it's do. like a percent percentage of revenue um because i think I, percentage of revenue is so subjective you know our revenue is different than your revenue or, or i this or that. hope they cap it across the board for everybody yeah i agree but i don't know that they will yeah because you're gonna have the Miamis, you're going to have the Alabamas, you're going to mm -hmm. have the Georgias, yeah. the Ohio States, the USC's, the Texas's, yeah. who are going to be like, but that's not fair because we make so much more. And right. so then it's going to, it's going to continue the process of the haves and the have nots. Right. Um, and so it'll be very interesting where this goes because that's currently what's going on anyways. Yeah. But we'll see how it, how it. How and it I think continues. it'll be interesting too, in terms of if you cap it at say, this is just a number, not that I think it'd be this, but like $5 million in NIL for football program. You know, $5 million to Alabama might be a lot different than $5 million to IU. Right. You know? Right. So that's where I think... I. It sucks because I liked the idea of the NIL when it first came out. Because I thought, you know, these guys are putting in work. They're doing what they need to. You know, schools are making money off of their performance and all this stuff. And... and college degrees and stuff aside that's a different topic for a different day but now that they're turning it into basically contracts it's just it's crazy like back to basketball uh last year nigel pack from kansas state was between us and miami and miami ended up picking him up because the some car dealer down there was going to pay him eight hundred thousand dollars over two years to play at Miami. I'm like, that's not how this is supposed to work. And it's basically he can they can get away with it by saying making him do some commercials. Right. Yeah. And it's like yeah. you I'm sorry. 
you don't pay someone eight hundred thousand dollars for a handful of commercials. Yeah, that's and I remember and I remember back in the day, like if you got hired by somebody as an athlete, say like a farmer during the summer working on a farm, you had to pay him the same amount of money that you would anybody else. So like if he was driving a truck around the farm, he couldn't make four hundred thousand dollars doing it. I don't know where that kind of got lost, but it's astonishing to see some of the numbers come out you know was it uh shadir sanders is like five million dollars in uh nil deals or something like that i'm like come on man yeah. that's crazy <laughs> do you remember the movie blue chips yeah remember yeah. remember when they went to he went to the farm in indiana to pick up the big white guy who can shoot and mm -hmm. his dad asks for a new tractor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the Man. most Indiana thing ever. Oh it? yeah. But this is also like, those were the good old days of recruiting, right. you know, like, damn now. And, and back to your point about, um, the early signing period, I always loved waking up the first Wednesday of February. And like, especially when I was in college, cause I didn't have classes on Wednesdays. Like the whole time, never had classes Wednesdays, or at least in the morning. I'd get up at eight and just start watching stuff all day long. At the time, it wasn't that Purdue was going to get anything, but it's just cool seeing these kids make these life changing decisions. And now it's just kind of like, hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. So, yeah, in, in the early signing period, you'll have the majority of that class signed. Yeah. In I December. think, yeah, I think Purdue's got most of their, I think. I think they have like 18 or 20 kids signed to this class. So let's let's talk about how NILs changed the portal. And since we've we've talked a little bit about the portal and the yeah. NIL, this is the first time I feel like where it is openly jumping in the portal and let's have bidding wars. For <clears throat> That's people. yep. And it is insane right now. <laughs> yeah. I mean. Like Ohio State, from our perspective, like I don't know that Ryan Day is going to pick up a quarterback from the portal. Like I don't know that he wants to. Really? Um, <clears throat> we got Aaron Nolan coming in next year, mm -hmm. who is a stud, and I, yeah. quite frankly, I, I, I'm almost half tempted to say Ryan Day might be, it might, he might be better off just saying I'm going with the freshman, and we're gonna just we're gonna, eat it for a year, and yeah, then this is going to be a learning year. We're all because we're going to have. Nothing but sophomores and freshmen wide receivers. Yeah. The quarterback. Really going to have to lean on defense. Which is also turning over. It's going to be yeah. a very young, inexperienced football team next year. Yeah. So yeah. I, I think he would almost benefit from the fan base getting, we understand. Yeah. This is going to be a learning curve year. They're going to take their licks, but yeah. gosh, it's going to be awesome watching them grow. And right. And the following year in 2025 is when we go for it all, right? Yeah. Um. But if he goes to the portal to grab a quarterback as a bridge quarterback, between let, let Air Nolan sit for a year and say your time will start as a sophomore, yeah, it's going to cost him a apparently about anywhere from one and a half to three million dollars, depending on the quarterback he wants to pull from the portal. That's insane. That That's just like that is generation to me. Yeah, that is life changing <clears throat> generational money. Yes. Yeah. That is more money than me and all of my coworkers will ever see combined in our lifetime. <laughs> and it's not like we have bad jobs. Like, no, no. Yeah. You know, it's just, it is just mind. And, and 
and what worries me, especially on the football side of it, is these football guys, you know, not all of them, but your big name guys, your 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 wide receivers, your cornerbacks, stuff like that. They like to go out and they like to hang out and they've got this money now. Like, are we going to start seeing players getting more legal trouble because they're ignorant? You know, we had one guy at Purdue, Dwayne Beckford. Dude was an absolute stud, had like 3% body fat, looked like DK Metcalf, was an awesome linebacker. Dude couldn't stop smoking dope and driving drunk. And now, if you take that same kid with all that same potential, hand him a million dollars. Then what's he going to do? A lot more dope and a lot more driving drunk. Yeah, you know, and that's where I'm just like, you know, because not all of them, obviously, but a lot of these kids come from pretty rough areas and and not broken homes, but but bad experiences in their life and maybe have some old uh, hooks still in them from back home that they... Sure don't want to associate with and now you give them all this money and now they're trying to be nice because they want to help out their boys come out of the hood and this you know and and all this stuff i'm like oh man like i just feel like we're setting some of these kids up for failure we are it, it is it, it is what it is i mean you see the shit you give me a million dollars i'm gonna do a bunch of stupid stuff i can't imagine oh, yeah. giving 18 year old me a million dollars we had a we had a segment where you remember when Jimbo Fisher they like basically paid him seventy million dollars to not coach anymore, and we 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 said what's the dumbest thing you would buy with your riches like you had yeah you just you don't need to but you would right I, I was like I'm gonna just go buy a cigar shop just buy it and yeah and smoke ever smoke a cigar every day yeah. like I mean can you imagine like you literally are the king of the campus like i yeah i don't know like anyways so the portal has changed to the point where i feel like these guys go in looking for what's my value what's my yeah. worth i mean and, shit you can see it on on uh uh on three's got it where it's like estimated like nil value or something like that i'm like gosh man so yeah so <laughs> i mean essentially it's free agency. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. But the problem is, is you're you're not bidding for a contract. So, so player A in the NFL and, and player B are out there, and so one value might be a little bit more than the other, and so two teams can get in a bidding war. Yeah. And so it's like, hey, what's gonna be my guaranteed money versus the length of the contract? And that, yeah. That's not what's happening here. It's no. all. And and the thing is, is the schools are supposed to not be allowed to say. Yeah. How much are you gonna give us? Yeah. So they have to go to the NIL collectives. Yeah. And it's like how many like, zeros do I need to put on this check? And it's like so <laughs> let's 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 take Justin Scott, the recruit we got from Chicago, who left mm-hmm. and decommitted and committed to Miami. Literally on the I'm committed to Miami graphic is raining money. <laughs> it's like so he literally is like, Hey, what are you willing to pay me? And that's what I'm going to go play for. It is, and the schools can't technically do anything about that. It's all right. within the. It's all the collectives and the so greasy. Oh yeah, it is as slimy. And and the thing is, is like, if this is how it is now when it's out in the open, what was it like behind closed doors 
20 years ago <laughs> it was exactly like this just no no one was allowed to no one about knew it. about it yeah now we're now it's here it is yeah like you said now yeah. it's right there on on three here's your yeah. value yeah what? gosh man like it's just it's mind-boggling like and <clears throat> that's you imagine what... a recruit walk sitting down across from coach walters or coach dane saying coach i know what i'm worth <laughs> Jeez, I know. And I got to say, <clears throat> that's the one thing I really like about Walters is any interview or anything. And I'm assuming this is how he is day to day. He's just going to say it like he's just like, this is what I think. And he brought it. He said something about, oh, when uh, the whole thing came out with Michigan and he's like, we know that like all these other like coaches were kind of step like tiptoeing around it. He's like, mm -hmm. we know he was there. We've got like confirmed through purchases and surveillance video and all this stuff and i'm like there's there was a couple times through the purdue sectors where like he would just say something i'd be like that was brutally honest <laughs> yeah 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 that's when he became like a hot one of ohio state's favorite coaches in the big 10 was that day oh yeah, I, like, bet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I bet i yeah, bet no i absolutely. think uh, i definitely think that the nil creates problems the transfer portal creates problems. Both of them together is a monstrosity to the sport of college football or college basketball. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, I, I think the reason why it is gaining so much attention to where you and I are jumping on a podcast and talking about it yeah. is because football, there's so many more players. So yeah. they gave an estimate that there would be somewhere between six and 700 kids in the portal. I said, I bet it's going to be seven to 800. Yeah. Chris. Yeah. What did you say it was? I 11? said it was 1172. I think the first day, almost 1200 yeah. kids yeah. in the portal. Now on our <laughs> podcast, we call <coughs> Taterville and the re the reason why we call it Taterville is because I don't know if you remember uh, Tate Martell. Mm -hmm. Remember when he left he was Ohio? There, yeah. He like, went to Miami. Yeah. And then he couldn't hang there. So then he yeah. jumped back in the portal again. Then he went yeah. to UNLV and then he got like basically benched. So yeah. we call we call it basically the portals Taterville. And if you're not careful, you'll get caught in the tent village in Port in, in Taterville where <laughs> Tate Martell's the mayor. Yeah. You can't tell me 1,200 kids that every single one of them are going to have happy endings. I know for no. a fact. I'd a say a of, third. If that. Yeah. I say a lot of those kids are not even going to find a home or they're going to go down an entire level. Yeah. Or they're going to find out that they made a really, really bad mistake and they're living in the tent village in Taterville now. Yeah. And that's where, um, and Painter has said this too. He was talking about, um, who was it? There was some kid um that like was on his fourth school in four years and he's like when do you start to question their just their word and their ethics and commitment and and like their real reason for wanting to come to your school and i was like you know i mean what chase daniels he started at georgia went to usc went to west virginia ended up in rice i think so. was it arkansas was he in Arkansas for a minute? Maybe. I know we ended at Rice and ended up retire, retire, medically retiring because of concussions. But like, That's, still, like I'd have a concussion trying to just figure out a playbook from all the school. Holy My crap! Gosh. Right? My God! But like, 
But a guy like that, and this isn't no it isn't a knock on him. He has to do what's ultimately the best for him. But But did he? Yeah, that's exactly it. You know, <laughs> like it's like the guy in your career field or mine where they just keep jumping jobs. If you get handed a resume where he's got one year at every job and then leaves, I could start to have a concern. You know, if yeah, you're absolutely. gonna take that or a kid who's you know, it's the devil you know versus the devil you don't. This dude's jumped around three places in three years, or you have a brand new 18-year-old who doesn't know anything from anything, but maybe you can convince him to stick around for four years and you've got a long-term commitment. Yeah. And so and you bring up a really good point with that with when you couple it with recruiting. <clears throat> so you have now a situation where these college coaches have to spend just as much time as they ever had to, maybe even more so, building these relationships with these kids who are 15, 16, 17-year-olds hoping that they'll go ahead and yeah. send you that fax when they're 18 in their senior year. Yeah. Only to <clears throat> half of them turn around and leave your program in a year or two. Yeah. And that is, I think, the frustrating part for these oh, coaches. Oh, yeah. Is they've invested, and for the universities too, right? Because that is an investment of not only time but money and resources, right? You know, it's you're getting young. two years of a Big Ten education, which isn't cheap, depending on where you go, and then they're just like, oh, "I'm not getting what I want, so I leave." Yeah. So let's let's look a little bit about recruiting okay. um, with this now. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pull open the two four seven recruiting numbers for the big 10, which is wild right now. When you do it and you see Oregon, USC, I'm like, yeah. who are these teams? Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. There's 18 of them. Yeah. Um, Ohio state right now is still number one in the current recruiting rankings. Purdue's at eighth, yeah. but that's also keep in mind. That's with USC and Oregon now in the, in the class, yeah. they would have been six before that. Yeah. Um, five, you guys have five, four stars. Yeah. And we've got 14 four stars and four five stars. Yeah. A little bit, a little bit of a difference there. Yeah. Um, but I if want... you look, I, the thing I, that really drives me home is that the 23rd, the 2023 class was ranked 58th overall. This one's 28th overall. Yeah. There's like, a huge, man. Difference. I love it. Yeah. And I, I think I was on your guys' show and I mentioned yeah. that. Like, I, yeah. I, you can physically see the difference. Okay. Yes. I want to talk to you about a couple of recruits from the state of Indiana who are coming to Ohio State. Yeah. Um, first one is wide receiver Mylon Graham from New Haven, Indiana. Yeah. He is a five star wide receiver. Yeah. Um, tell me a little bit. Do you know anything about this kid? Um, and as a Purdue fan, when you see a kid that highly ranked from your state, decide he's going to go to a Michigan, a Notre Dame, an Ohio State, an Alabama, et cetera. Yeah. Is it almost expected? I think I think that the big ones from our state, it's kind of expected to go to Ohio State and Michigan just because of proximity. The ones that throw me off are kind of in that same class. It's uh, Niteri on Tuggle goes to Georgia. What? And then you're always fighting with Notre Dame. So I think right. that like, like for us, it's kind of one of those where like, if we can crack, like snag, like an eight through 10 guy, like we picked up uh Haduri Hines, which is cornerback uh, ninth in the ninth overall in the state from Franklin central, a big six 185 corner. Like that's a win. Like 
you know, trying to keep as much of that talent. And I think as much of that is if you're going to try and maintain that in-state pipeline, you've better be damn good at developing. You've yeah. got to get a really good development program because you're not going to hit those home run balls. You've got to find guys who, when they're a junior, are lights out. But when you see them as a freshman, they look like putty. Mm-hmm. That's just kind of my thing about it. No, I, the, uh, the Mylon Graham kid, he's 6'1", 170, but he's just got wheels on him, and he's got really good hands. And I think he really fits in that Ryan Day system. Um, he kind of reminds me of another Indiana kid <coughs> big at Ohio State and Terry McLaren. Yes. Yep. Yeah, I could totally see that. Um, and he's just, he is, once he gets the ball, he runs like a gazelle. He's just so long strided that he just covers so much ground in a short amount of time. Um, but no, I think that's a really, really good pickup. The other kid, Ian Moore, the, uh, yeah, he's, he's actually, in my opinion right now, the gym of this class, mm-hmm. he's, I think he probably starts at offensive line for us in mm-hmm. a year. Yeah. Probably not this first year, but yeah. he's our best offensive lineman in this class, in my yeah. opinion. And which is crazy. If you look at his offer list, like it's not bad by any means. I mean, you've got Penn state, you've got Michigan state, Miami. Um, but like, you don't see the Alabamas or the the guys like that. So it that was a that was a really interesting snag just because he kind of seemed very under the radar until he wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. So almost catching them before like as yeah. after their sophomore year. That's yeah, that's what I've noticed Purdue has had good luck in too. Well, up until the all the portal shenanigans. Um is kind of finding those guys as freshmen and sophomores and really establishing that connection, getting them to commit as a junior, and then poof, they just skyrocket after that. All right, let's 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 flip over to your team okay. because <laughs> this is where my listeners are going to be say, what? Okay, mm-hmm. two of your best five players are from the state of Ohio mm-hmm. in your class. Yep. And Coy Beasley is a, a top 100, yeah. like – a top 150 four star yeah um just an absolute stud cincinnati LaSalle, which is a powerhouse program in this state like how in the world ohio state like it was never even i mean we offered yeah i don't think he ever even visited it was like his only visits were wisconsin pittsburgh syracuse and purdue there you go so i don't I mean, I think this is a. I think this was a swing and miss by Ohio State. They just didn't give him, and now it's really interesting yeah. because now all of a sudden we had all these uh, cornerback, uh, defensive backs leaving the portal. We could yeah. use. We could have used them. Yeah, yeah, and and, and that's the crazy thing man. too is where like you're like, oh, we're good at right guard or interior offensive linemen, and then at a drop of a hat, they're all gone, and you're like, oh shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? I really like um Galloway. He okay. kinda he gives me a lot of Tate. Yeah, so you're talking about the tight end, Tavian yeah. Galloway. So I, I actually actually know a lot about him. Yeah. So he started out in a town called C- uh, Circleville, okay? okay? Which is a, a little farm community in southern Ohio between between Columbus and Portsmouth or okay. you know, eastern Kentucky. So yeah. And um, Circleville is a, like I said, it's a farming community, but it's a tough, really good 
yeah. division two, three type of level football program. Yeah. Um, he got a lot of attention right away because of his size. Ohio State was yeah. after him. Um, I know LSU at one time he was mm-hmm. committed. To he was LSU. committed to LSU. Yeah. And he transfers to Pickerington, which is a powerhouse program in Columbus. Mm-hmm. Okay. So very, very familiar with that program. He had a very good senior year. Um, this is a kid who, again, I, a couple years ago, was saying, why aren't we doing anything with this kid? I think <coughs> the story I got was he never really wanted to be a Buckeye. So um, he came to Ohio State. He visited unofficially yeah. several times. Really? Yeah. Even this past year, he was there. Hmm. I think he's one of those kids who loves to be courted. But I, the, yes. The story was when he met Walters, that was it. That was his guy. He, mm-hmm. Walters made a connection with him yeah. that he had with nobody else. And let's yep. be honest, how can you have a connection with Brian Kelly? Mm-hmm. Him on. and his <laughs> fake Southern accent. So, so that that's the one thing that I always have found interesting with Walters is that because he is so young, he's only 37, which makes me always question what I'm doing with my life. Um, but like at 37, he's able to connect with these 18 year olds and 20 year olds better than guys who are 55 or 60. And that's where I think he he's shown that in the recruiting aspect. So good win for you guys. A couple Ohio kids that quite frankly, as Buckeye fans, and, and here's the thing that we, Ryan Day does a bad job of. Jim Tressel would have never let those kids out of the state of Ohio. Yeah. He was big, like homegrown talent. He yes. fought tooth and nail to get. Urban had a different philosophy. Urban was, I'm national, baby. I'll yeah. go wherever I want and I'll win. And Ryan Day came up under that kind of thinking. Yeah. And I think Ryan Day is learning that he's not Urban Meyer. No. And it is seems it- like to me, and this is on the outside looking in, it seems like he can't decide which avenue he wants to take. If he wants to fully buy into that Urban Meyer national thing, or if he wants to keep fighting for homegrown talent. He will tell you he wants to marry the two. I don't know you can. That's yeah, the problem. Because there's you just have to, if you go national, you have to invest so many resources to go into mm-hmm. cali washington texas florida, florida like georgia. yeah georgia you know where and it's not like ohio produces bad football talent no. in fact we are still in the top five in division one high school producing mm. uh, athletes um we slipped to six one time, seventh one year, and then we jumped back up to fourth. And so it averages out to about fifth. Yeah. Um, you still have Florida, Georgia, California, Texas. Yeah. Be always in the top four. Yeah. And, then, and, and but then, I, I think some of that's just population. I mean, po- well, in weather. Yeah. Also, yeah. Those kids get to play uh, high school seven on seven. Yeah. You don't have it in Ohio. You don't no. get to. No. Um, so. It's a little bit but I think there. if you created a, a like an indoor seven on seven circuit through a state up in the Midwest, you'd probably make crazy amounts of money doing it. Oh yeah, well there's there's guys who do it. I'm sure of it. Oh yeah. yeah, too good of an idea not to. There's right. one more Ohio kid on here I want to touch base with mm-hmm. you on. 
Um, so if you scroll way down, you'll see he's uh, an athlete. Let me see if mm-hmm. I can find him again. I lost him. Oh, yeah. Da, 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 da. Tramar Harris. Tramar Harris from Winton Woods High yeah. School, Cincinnati. Um, so here's what I'm going to say about him. Mm-hmm. This is a three-star athlete. Mm-hmm. This is the kid that never gets the opportunity to play at Ohio State, regardless yeah. of who the coach is, right? Yeah. And I can't tell you how many times when D'Antonio was the coach up there in Michigan State, yeah. he made his living on these kids from Ohio. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He would be like, oh, you're a three-star from Ohio, and Ohio State and Michigan didn't offer you? Let me be your Come big on, buddy. coach. Yeah. And he would get 10 of them every yeah. year. And, and just every- nuke it. Every time they'd come into Ohio, we're like, we hate you guys. You didn't offer us. And they'd have these amazing games, right? Right. Plus, plus they already hated Michigan. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like perfect for him. Yeah. I, if I was, if the, if a mission, if a program in the big 10 that is connected to Ohio Mm -hmm. ever, a coach ever asked me, Hey, how do I compete? I would say, there's your blueprint. You go into Ohio and you get every top kid that wasn't offered by Michigan or Ohio State or Notre Dame, and you mm-hmm. build your program on those three-star kids, and you try to get the very best you can from your state, and yeah. sprinkle in some speed from Florida and Georgia and California yeah. and Texas, yeah. and you will win in this in this conference, guaranteed. Yeah. Yep. Especially, like I said before, as long as you've got the development tools yep. to be able to develop these kids – um, I think that's the biggest thing. I think that's almost taken for granted at some schools in the Big Ten. Be it the top end schools or the bottom, you know, I think the top end schools don't take it for granted because they know how important it is, but they don't remember what it's like without it. You know what I'm saying? And the bottom tier schools, like maybe you're, I don't know, Illinois, I guess. Nebraska or Northwestern, not so much, but like some not of them. Lo- no, yeah. <laughs> Uh, we'll just say, I don't know, Maryland or something. Um, Perfect. Uh, those bottom end schools that don't have that development and that talent where like, and I'll be completely honest, a lot of Maryland's success has come from uh, Tua 2.0. I think had he not transferred there, I don't think they'd have made as big of a splash because you know this as well as I do. If you get a big star recruit, a lot of other recruits are going to be like, oh, he's going there? Maybe I should go there too, mm-hmm. you know. So I think, but I think Purdue's shown a propensity to be able to develop talent in a in a really good way. Nick Scorton and Kydron Jenkins are are two examples I think of that that just continue to to get better year in and year out. So no, I think that that's a an how do I say it an unsung hero of the uh, development of recruits. That's cool, man. So, I tell you what, let's do this again sometime. For sure. Uh, we'll call it. We'll, we'll we'll start our border wars again with the other podcasts. <laughs> yeah. I, we did it on our own a couple years yeah. ago. I think it'd be cool to dive into individual states and just look oh, yeah. at how things are going for the 2025 recruiting class. Oh yeah, after, for sure. Af, after the 2024 kids sign, dust settles and, and, and yeah. yeah. Then we can we can jump into the next year and take yeah. a look at that. But this yeah, has been a lot sure. of fun, Chris. Yeah, same. So, Tell everybody where they can uh, catch the Boiler Express podcast. So the Boiler Express podcast is on all of your Apple podcasts, Spotify, under uh, Boiler Express podcast. Um, we do our live show here in about 15 minutes Ooh. on uh, uh, X and YouTube and Facebook. 
on X, we are the, I always have to remember because I don't want to say it wrong, uh, Boiler underscore Express, and then it's just Boiler Express Podcast for YouTube and Facebook. All right, Chris, thank you so All right, much. Man. Look forward to joining you on your show again soon. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Likewise. Till the next time, go Bucks. right? Uh, boiler up. <laughs> <laughs> take, take care. See you, buddy.